Welcome to this week's episode of Soccer Neophytes Podcast. All of the races are heating up. Burnley moves into safety. Arsenal moves into fourth. But does anyone really want to play in Europe? guys i'm back the answer to your question is yes i would love to play in europe yes i think all of our all of us as fans would love to play in europe <laughs> but the the question that we'll get to a little later in the pod is teams five through eight do they want to right do they want to play in oh it's not like us personally because <laughs> no, i want no. i want to go play on a pitch in europe yeah, that would be fun. Who doesn't want to do that? Welcome back, Nate. Thanks, guys. Welcome You're back, missed. Nate. How was Mexico? Amazing. It was very relaxing. Yeah, it was great. I highly recommend it. What part did you go to? Puerto Vallarta. All-inclusive. Ate too much, drank too much. Slept just enough. Read some books. Swam. Kayaked. It was great. Living the life of a podcast superstar. All those royalty checks coming in. Yes. One of these days you're going to share that money with us. That's right. Yeah. I'll, I'll start dividing it. <laughs> yeah. If you've listened not long enough, you know, we don't have any commercials. I feel like you can, you can like turn that on and get paid through the, the like podcast hosting service that we use. And I don't even want to turn it on because I don't want to see how small like <laughs> the, the royalties would be. So, but that being said, this next segment is brought to you by Gynolotrimin. Oh, <laughs> <Yes>. uh, <laughs> uh, well, let's guys, let's talk about what's very exciting is this title race. Uh, both City and Liverpool with very impressive wins over the weekend. Liverpool is a little dicier, but obviously in a derby, uh, anything can happen. I think Jurgen said, thank God there are two halves, was his quote at, yeah. after the match, um, because first half was a little dicey for them. But um, yeah, very, very exciting. Uh, Tim... How did you feel about the Merseyside Derby? Maybe the last one. Last one for a while, maybe. Um, which I guess, I mean, it begs the question, like, FA Cup, does that count as a Merseyside Derby if they happen to get paired up together? Carabao? I would, I would, I would, assume, I would assume it's... It I assume is still, so, but it's just not a given. Like, it's, the, Yeah, like yeah for sure. Yeah, I mean, it was a really dicey first half, for sure. Um, and... And it just, I mean, it's infuriating the way Everton behaved themselves. I, I don't know. I don't know how a neutral would watch that game, but if you're a Liverpool fan, it's just, it's so annoying. And I'm, I was thinking back to like earlier episodes on this podcast talking about, even though I'm a Liverpool fan and I hate Everton, I didn't want them to go down because I'm like, the Premier League is better when this historic club is there. Yeah. Football in Liverpool is better when they have two Premier League squads. But watching that performance, I was just like, send them down, break up the band, start over, like 
take a time out because it was it was so pathetic like well some of it was dangerous like richarlison always does this against us just just flagrant violent acts towards our players but then like pickford laying on the ball in the first half i saw that this game um i, saw I mean allison, it was awesome when allison, allison did it allison at the mocked end. him at the end that was very funny <laughs> the cheer from the crowd was awesome when that happened um yeah, so the first half, though, I mean, it was dicey. Like, Liverpool wasn't playing well. They were, I think, clearly being frustrated, right? Like, Everton was succeeding in that game plan yeah. of frustrating Liverpool, which, like, that hats off to them for being able to do that. But, um, yeah, the second half felt like they turned it around. And I was impressed with Liverpool's discipline and patience. Like, they didn't really – I mean, Mane started, I think, to like wear a little thin, his nerves. He kind of got into some stuff, got got a yellow. Oh, is that what but, you call pushing someone's pushing someone in the face? Yeah, I mean, but but in in like response to provocation for 90 minutes. Well, of course. You said it was in response push. to like unwarranted provocation, and he acted in a way he shouldn't have. But like totally. Mane doesn't do that against like respectable clubs. So um anyway so yeah i mean glad to get the the three points um celebrate the victory we have we need to like we need to win out we need to win now with five games left we need to win every single game i think like it's hard for me to see it's hard for me to see city dropping more than two points you know and so uh from here on out we have to be perfect and um have to stay disciplined and so yeah i mean great to get the win but yeah it was it made me hate Everton all the more I mean what are you guys like you guys watching highlights or watching the game what did you what did you make of it yeah I mean it's definitely a team it's a it's a derby match where there's also like relegation on the line so obviously there's there's the just natural tensions that arise from a derby match but then also you've got a team trying to do whatever they can so and this is they they mentioned during it this is the fixture in premier league history with the most red cards oh interesting so of any other fixture like wow liverpool everton is the fixture with the most red cards so even when the dynamics are different even when they're more on equal footing it's still always really like tense and on edge totally i mean it feels a little bit like Titus and Drexler, right? Like Drexler doesn't really have a chance against his older brother, uh-huh. like in sports. So he's yeah. got to play a little dirtier or whine a little more or complain a little more because he's just outmatched. And that's kind of what it felt like, right? The Decore foul to try and stop the game when uh, Rich Arlison was laying on the ground. There's just like a lot of that shit house yeah. going on. Yeah. Which, Again, I think you do have to do what you need to do to win, especially if you're in a relegation battle, but probably not in the first half. Like that's a little ridiculous. Not even Wolves have done that this year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, most teams save it for the last, what, 20 minutes, maybe 25 minutes. Um, The thing about it though, the word that kept coming back to me was just pathetic though, because like it isn't a true David and Goliath match. Like, in terms of the amount of money these clubs have spent, Everton has actually spent more money than Liverpool. Totally. I forget what I saw. It was over the last five years, like a significant period of time. Everton has spent more money than Liverpool. 
So it's not a David and Goliath situation. It's mm-hmm. like, it's that pathetic that like these should be equals, but it felt like what you, it felt like a David and Goliath. That's right. Yep. It kind of makes me, I mean, just speaking directly to Everton and the fall that they've had this year, like how good of a coach is Carlo Ancelotti at this point? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, I mean, that's essentially that they return essentially the same club. Yeah. And like, I get dropping off, but good Lord, they're possibly going to get relegated. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. It's like, and I would say more likely than not at this point. I mean, they, yeah, could, more- they could get three points somewhere and that, you know, that could make a big difference, but they're in trouble. They really are. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that in, in a little bit, but sticking with the title race, um, Manchester city, as you would expect, yeah. just throttling Norwich um, completely overmatched. And Jesus had four goals. Is that right? Gabriel Jesus yeah. had My four goodness. goals. Um, just, just throttled. Um, De Bruyne. It was, just, it was against uh, Watford, not North. Oh, against Watford. Yeah, but four goals for your They're basically teams. the same team to me. <laughs> <laughs> Championship teams. Such a Jurgen Klopp comment. <laughs> so cool. That's the best way to cut him to his core. <laughs> That's right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, De Bruyne is just – He's remarkable. Yeah. I don't know if you saw that that cross he whipped in. I think it was on one of Jesus's early goals, but he's just he's he's, he's so good. He's so good. I wish I wish we could see Liverpool City again. Well, we might get to actually, but I'd like yeah. to see him again in the Premier League. But so that that leaves uh the final five matches, Tim, I think you're right. I think Liverpool probably has to win out. You can't really imagine either of these teams dropping points right now. Um, I looked at the final five matches and it's, and it's interesting because they have three of the same opponents. They both yeah. play Newcastle, Aston Villa and, and Wolf and Wolves. There is some difference in like home and away, but, um, but same opponents, out of three of the matches and then city plays Leeds and West ham and Liverpool has Tottenham Southampton. Yep. Which I don't know how you guys would break it down, but it really feels like they have basically the same schedule, like rolling out. It feels like Tottenham West ham are pretty similar. Southampton Leeds. I mean, Southampton, the way they're playing is probably, where Leeds is at, it feels like they've got essentially the same quality of opponents from here yeah. on out. Yeah, I think so. I mean, and and really at this point, like, like I'm thinking back to some of our like thought experiments about Europa spots. You know, you're looking at Wolves' schedule, and you're like, all right, we've got to take seven of the next nine points, or you know, yeah. seven of the next twelve points. Like, you're doing those calculations of like what you think would put you where you need to be but it really is like you have to get 15 points. Yeah. And so it's like, are these, and so like, I think Liverpool should be, should win in all these games, like, but unpredictable things happen, right? City should win in all the those Ocean games, City, yep. but unpredictable things happen. I do think Liverpool has one extra game that 
that City doesn't have. We have the FA Cup final on May 14th. Oh. So that could be a little like a little tricky, but well, I mean, they're not gonna, about... he's not gonna be rotating guys at that point, but if there's injuries or whatever, that's if you need an extra day or two to recover, that's where you're not getting it. So well, and to that point, you know, if we're if we're adding like the extra fixtures in to kind of play to the potential challenges each team is facing this week, City has to go up against Madrid. Yeah. And Liverpool has Villarreal. So even though Villarreal has played great, like you got to consider the fact that those are more challenging. The the city run of run of fixtures cumulatively are probably more challenging just because they've got to play Madrid twice. And if like if things go really well for Liverpool on Wednesday, the neck, the second leg, you could have Salah playing 20 minutes instead of 90. So that's exactly right. Yeah. Um, but I mean, city could easily win four nil against Real Madrid, right. If they have one of those nights. So, yep. Yeah. I mean, it'll be, it's going to be exciting either way. Yeah. There's also a race for fourth place Arsenal and Tottenham. Just when you think Tottenham <laughs> is playing great, they suck. And when Arsenal starts to suck, they start to play great. Um, Chris got to see that firsthand. Actually, did you? It was an early morning game. Did you get up for it? I did wake up for it. Mm. And it was very disappointing. And I would definitely not use the word Arsenal played great. Um, they got pretty lucky. Yeah. That's... And uh, if you watch the game or even if you watch the highlights, they got lucky. Bruno missed a penalty that would have tied the game. Ronaldo Which that never was... happens. No, no. It's now happened twice. But um yeah Ronaldo scores a goal he's an inch not even an inch off sides that one doesn't count so closer match than it probably actually ends up in the scorebook but needless to say it's just trash yeah that on the bright side they announced Eric Ten Hag as their new manager this week so yeah yes the interim manager now goes into supervising role i don't know but he won't start till after the netherlands right. season's over right yeah they yeah it, he'll finish out the year with the air division 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 whatever they call it uh yeah he'll finish out at ajax and then head over um watching the interview with him it's everyone's kind of freaking out about it i, I don't know i haven't followed this club long enough um uh, but part of his deal is he has say on player movement which none of the previous coaches actually got. And so it's pretty interesting. And he was pretty open about it in his interview. He's like, look, I have a style of play. I want to play. I need certain types of players. You can't bring me in here and just hand me this roster and think they're going to play my style. Like we have, I have to have decision-making abilities. So I think him and Raniak will work together on, on shaping the club for the following season, which if they're trying to, mirror his style and what he wants and how he wants to play. There's going to be a lot of changes, a lot of changes. So um, I do got to imagine, you know, Bruno Fernandez getting the the new five-year deal a couple weeks ago. You got to imagine he was in the know on that. I mean, they've been negotiating for so long, so I'm sure he was okay with that. Um, But it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting. At least it's something fun to look forward to. Um, And I can't wait for these last four games to fly by. It'll be interesting to see how fast all those all those changes happen because it sometimes takes a couple transfer windows 
to do all of the business that you want to do. Like if he's really got his sights set on somebody from the Dutch league, but like the team isn't ready to let go of him, you know, that kind of thing. Like, I wonder how many transfer windows it'll take for him to feel like he's got the group he wants. Yeah. And I, I my, my first initial biggest, I want to know what's going to happen is with Donnie Vandebeek who played for him at Ajax and who was very successful for him at Ajax uh-huh. and he's out on loan. And so it'll be interesting to see if United recalls him and reunites him with the manager that kind of really spurred his career on. Yeah. Um, so that'll be cool. Interesting to see. Um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> this team, <laughs> they just don't play as a team. It's incredible. Like it literally looks like they hate each other out there. It's <laughs> I've never seen anything like it in pro sports at like the highest level. Um, it's crazy. Like it's wild. Is there, is there like an understanding of like, these are the players who are like for sure gone. Like is Ronaldo gone? Do you think? I would have. I know Cavani's gone, right? He's going back to Uruguay. South America. South America. <clears throat> yeah, I would. I mean, and Cavani's been a non-factor this season because of all his injuries. Yeah, I can't see them paying him what they've been paying in the last yeah. two years, and him not playing this season. Essentially, I can't imagine a situation. Maybe I can. Um, I mean, Ronaldo just—he just continues to score, and it's—it's yeah. kind of crazy that he's still doing it. Um, it looks like his teammates kind of hate him and, um, but he's the only one still scoring on this team. And I can't decide if that's just because they're just so disjointed as a team right now that like, anytime they get the ball on the attack, they're just looking to get him the ball on crosses or in, in his position and he's putting it in kudos to him, but everyone else's game is suffering because of it. And so like, yeah. I don't know if they look at that and they go, yeah, Hey, let's bring him back. He's going to score 20 goals again. Or if they're like, Hey, this kind of really after our team up and the chemistry. Um, I do think there's bigger issues. There's all kinds of reports. I read that are this club hates each other. They fight in the you know clubhouse and like Harry Maguire is still doing the, like, you know, puffing his chest out. We got to be this, we got to be that. And he can't even back it up. So people are like shutting him out and, you know, fans are calling for him to be stripped of the captaincy, but they're not doing it. But then they benched him this week. He didn't play in the game. So it's just like, you know, (laughs) there's so much just (laughs) turmoil and drama. And it's insane for me to still look at the, the standings and see them in six. I don't know how it's even possible. Well, it's possible because no one else wants to be in sixth place. That's <laughs> there how it's is, there possible. It is. Uh, it's, it's crazy. So between teams in fifth through eighth, so that's um, Tottenham, Manchester United, West Ham, and Wolves. They're two, all of their two mat, last match weeks, so, or their last two matches. So the last eight matches cumulatively played by those four teams they've they've received two points my goodness tottenham had a draw this weekend and west ham drew with burnley oh my goodness those i mean (laughs) the fact that wolves are still even in contention is outrageous it's just it's insane no one seems to be to to want it but someone will get it. So we'll just have to wait and see who that is. 
Sorry, I keep looking at the relegation zone. I'm looking at schedules for everybody down there trying to see if Everton's actually going to get relegated. I can't get away from it. Well, we're going to talk about that right now because Burnley uh, put up a monster victory over a team from the Midlands called (laughs) Wolverhampton Wanderers. You heard of them? I have heard of them. I watched the entire match. Um, Burnley... Burnley is our bogey team. There's just no way around it. Danny from last year, who is our, our Leeds fan, he tweeted at me earlier in the week saying, Wolves, you have to, if Wolves don't beat Burnley, I'm going to mad tweet in all caps, you know, for the rest of the weekend or something. And I, I just responded to him. I said, Wolves will get a draw at best. So Wolves and Burnley now have played eight times in the last uh, since Wolves got promoted and Wolves have six points out of those eight matches, but three of those points were in the first match they played against each other. Since then, the last seven matches, Wolves have only uh, secured three points on three draws. So it's just, it's inevitable. That's brutal. And I think if I, if I really think about it, I think it's because Wolves can't score which maybe seems like logical, but what I mean by that is Burnley's defense. They just played a tight, like back four and they don't put press too much. So it's not like there's they're counterattacking or they're pushing up the pitch much to leave opportunity for wolves. They're just back there playing good defense and, I mean, it's embarrassing, honestly, because they're a potentially championship club and Wolves can't break them down offensively. It's so it's it's seriously embarrassing. And Wolves have had some some harder injuries recently, like Neves being out is just debilitating. And this is where you see like squad depth matters so much. And the moves you're making in the transfer windows matters because Wolves really only have three first team midfielders. So, and one of them's out now. And so we have, a, we have a kid from, from the U23s who's played a couple matches, but other than that, it's Den Donker and Matinho. That's all we have. Mm. And so it's just with Neves being out. So um, it's Raul is just not the same Raul. He hasn't really ever regained form. Fabio is getting better, but He's not yet worth 35 million. You know, he's not what you you were hoping when he came over. Well, I think he's just, he's still 19 years old. So it's not like he's got time to turn into that. He's just not there yet. And so there's just no, and then Podence has been injured. He's been kind of our only bright spot offensively recently. Um, And, and so there's just nothing happening. So Burnley with a massive victory, um, they move into 17th place, Everton uh, dropping down with their loss. They drop into 18th place. And so that is your question, Chris. And I've already broken down who they play. So now you can, we can make this, this logical uh, deduction. Burnley has, so Everton, I believe has a game in hand. So that's, that's probably the only yep. thing we've got going for them. Burnley has Watford, Aston Villa twice, Tottenham, 
and Newcastle. That's not an easy run of games for them. Maybe, I mean, maybe they get three points off of Watford this weekend. Watford also looks horrible. Maybe they can get a Aston draw. Aston Villa is really not playing well. Aston Villa is not, not playing well. But Newcastle and, and Tottenham, yeah. like maybe they get five points out of this next little run. But Everton has Chelsea, Leicester, Watford, Brentford, Crystal Palace, and Arsenal. I mean, I'm not sure I can – maybe five points for them. It feels like five points is the cap for both those teams. Um, And that's probably being generous. Yeah, I mean, even with Everton having that one game in hand on Burnley, it's not looking pretty i think i i don't remember if it was last week without you nate or if it was two weeks ago we talked about burnley sacking sunny dyke and how the timing seemed kind of strange maybe it was the perfect timing because they're getting the new managers bounce right at the right time when they need it um yeah i mean looking at those schedules i mean all you really have to do is look at everton's schedule that is brutal and i and part of me wonders when the schedule makers are doing this obviously there's an assumption that everton's a top team and it seems like they try and schedule the top teams to play the top teams at the end of the year so you know potential races can get wrapped up it makes the the things more exciting see a lot of the lower tier teams especially teams with lower expectations playing each other so it's really interesting to see those schedules break down the way they are because clearly everton was a top seven club heading into the season and they have a murderer's row of the end of the schedule which i believe was set up to make things exciting little did they know they've made it exciting for the reasons they never imagined that's a good point yeah it's gonna be tough i'm just i'm just thankful that the the schedule makers think so highly of wolves having pitted them against <laughs> Liverpool on the final match week of the year. So <laughs> big, big, we, compl- big compliment. We didn't live up to our expectations quite this year, but it's crazy looking, looking at Burnley, they've got 10 points from their last five games. Yeah. That's a really good run of form right there. Yeah. And to think that they, and that brings their grand total of points up to 31. So through 28 games, they had 21 points. And then in five games, they got 10 more points. That's like a remarkable turnaround. But Newcastle has Dude. cracked the top 10. I know. Newcastle's in nine. I remember Their beer that. still sucks. What'd you well, say? Yeah. The beer still sucks. Like we just need to make sure it's sure. still out there. Yes. But yeah, I mean, they're, they, they cracked the top 10. It's weird to see Leicester sitting in 10th. Like, what a strange season for them. Yep. Um, it, this has been a wild year. Other than the top three, like, I don't think anyone predicted any of this stuff kind of shaking out the way it has. No. No, other definitely. Than, other than Tim nailing Brentford being our Wolves Award winner. <laughs> I also picked them to be Wolves Award winner, by the way. I don't remember who I picked. <laughs> I probably picked Norwich. I think you did pick Norwich. Oh, yeah. You love yourself some Pookie. Ah, uh, man. Give me the Pookie. Can't say that on the radio. <laughs> you have to put the little explicit thing. Yeah. Well, we did have a red card this weekend. 
uh, Craig Dawson for West Ham denying a goal scoring opportunity. <laughs> and then Georgina, Georgino, which with probably the worst penalty oh, I've yeah. ever Terrible. seen. Unquestioned. It was the only thing that made me feel better about Bruno missing his because at least <laughs> Bruno put a shot on it, went hard off the post. Um, that was the worst penalty I've ever seen so in the Premier League. Dude, there's just nothing about it. It was there's the little hop, but then he just gets nothing on it. Like, yeah, I, it's definitely a miss hit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he ends up hitting it with like his heel almost. Like he was he's trying to bend it, and he misses just Maybe. completely and ends up hitting. But he it with got a, like too much top spin, didn't he? It was. It looked like it was like curling down into the ground. It was so weird. It was so weird and so bad. And listening to the commentary on it was so good because they're like, and here it is. This gives them those three boys that they need. Oh, he's bottled it. No. <laughs> it's like Chelsea's not going to get the points they needed today. Ridiculous, man. Ridiculous. Are we going to talk at all about the red card? My only, my Pretty only questionable. Beef- my only beef, my only beef with it is like to call it a goal scoring opportunity presupposes that it's someone other than Lukaku attempting it. <laughs> Lukaku, who I picked to, to win the goals title this year, he has not been finishing anything. So mm. to call it a goal scoring opportunity was questionable, even though it looks like he's been goal. finishing his meals though. He does yeah. look like he's been finishing a lot of yep. meals. He's a big boy. I wonder if he'll stay around. I wonder. Yeah, I I mean, like I get it. It was for sure a penalty. I don't know if it's a red card. I I it's was a red okay if it's with a denial of goal scoring opportunity. That's the problem. With yeah. That. Okay. Rules are rules, I guess. But I kind of like the original call: penalty, yellow card. Well, and the and the red card at that point doesn't really change the outcome of that game. What it does is really screws West Ham for the next three games. Because that now Dawson's out, and Dawson's one of their most important players. Best, yeah, yeah, they'll still finish above Wolves because Wolves can't win matches. So because they still have more midfielders than Wolves do. They still have more midfielders than Wolves. That's true. <laughs> well, Chris, you said it. I think before we recorded, but we have a very real American watch. Woohoo! Christian Pulisic with the game winner for, for Chelsea. I know Chelsea's spot seems so secure. Like we barely even talk about them anymore because they're out of the title race. They're securely in third. Um, but good, good game winner match winner for, for Pulisic. For sure. It was awesome. I don't know if you got like maybe I just watch things differently than most people, but like body language and celebrations matter to me. And I gotta believe the Chelsea squad hates Christian. <laughs> like, <laughs> watch, watch the celebration. Go back and watch it. He is all by himself for a while. And then two guys kind of run over a little bit. And then like two other guys eventually join in. Lukaku finally comes over and just like touches him on the head i mean like it's a really poor celebration for a 91st minute goal that's giving him three points over a close rival and 
I, I don't know. Maybe I just read too much into it, but it looks like the Chelsea squad hates him. <laughs> That's funny. I liked his celebration though. The knee slide pop up to yes. stand, run to the corner. It was a nice, it was a nice celebration. You you uh, normally get the knee slide, but yeah. The only thing that he could have done better is if he would have pulled gone straight Jamie Vardy, knee slide into a pop-up, into a kick or punch the corner flag and break yes, it. yes, that is my ultimate favorite celebration. And Jamie Vardy masters it better than anybody else. I'm wondering, I don't know if you're allowed actually. I don't remember. I don't know if you're allowed to do this in a match or if this was an FA cup match, but Raul scored a goal in a match a few years ago and put on like a luchador mask <laughs> after he scored remember who was it to who hit a who hit the cell phone in the end zone no it was um new orleans saints um uh why am i blanking on his name michael thomas no it's old no it's no, no. Old, it's right? old school old school he hit the yeah. anyways i maybe to did it too though hey i wonder there's gotta be some rule against props if you can't take your shirt off there's gotta be <laughs> yeah there's got to be something. Yeah, that's the no sh- the shirt off thing is crazy to me. So, but here's my whole point. Joe is, Horn, that's who it was. Joe, Joe Horn. Horn. I think T.O. did it before Joe Horn. But anyways, that's a different type of football. Now, T.O. did the popcorn. The pop? I don't remember that one. Or he grabbed popcorn from a fan and just. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I remember that. I mean, T.O. did a lot. But he anyways, did a lot. sorry. You keep going. Um, but what I think someone should do is hide like a little thing of bubbles in a corner. So when you score against West Ham, that's that's what I want to see someone do. Or have like a big bubble wand sitting there and you just grab it (laughs) and you just run and just bubble wand. (laughs) Yes. A bubble wand. Oh, I love it. That would get you a card for sure. Oh, for sure. But we have another American that I just, just cause he doesn't play on the pitch i think we have to continue to highlight jesse marsh while we can because leeds has now in their la- they're unbeaten in their last five and they've taken 11 points in their last five so yeah newcastle's won four in a row um um burnley has taken 10 of their last five but 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 leeds with 11 in their last five unbeaten um, got to just love what Jesse Marsh is doing there. And um, especially to take a club with, from a manager like Bielsa with a really clear like style of play and have to implement a new style of play with guys who have been playing the same way, a, a, such a unique style. I think that's a thing. It's not like it's, you know, a, you know, four, four, two, or, uh, you know, three, five, two with wing backs, you know, and you can kind of modify the play a little bit, but really impressive. Yeah, it really is. If you look at the hottest teams in the league right now, you're talking Liverpool, Newcastle, and then Man City and, um, Leeds. Those are the four hottest teams in the league right now. Just like we thought. <laughs> yes, like we all knew. 
Brentford's having a nice little run as well. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Brentford's right there not, too. Not, they're a notch below, but yeah, they're, they're in there. We haven't talked about hair in a while, but I was watching, uh, I logged on to the, to the Leeds match, uh, Leeds Crystal Palace match early today, which I rarely do, but I was at home. I was working from home. So I just threw it on and they were doing some pre-match interviews and they interviewed Connor Gallagher and he definitely has nice hair on the pitch. But I could not stop looking at how nice his hair is. Uh, like it is blonde and thick and long, beautiful, luscious hair. Chris and I both have a lot to be desired in that the department. So um, I'm definitely am uh, envious of of those beautiful locks. On to goal of the week. Um, I don't know if you guys had any that you wanted to highlight. There were six Liverpool goals that I absolutely loved, but we can, we can move on. Mm. Well, were any of them goal of the week contenders? I mean, so there were several that were like team goals, but traditionally when we think of goal of the week, we're thinking like an individual performance. Yeah. And so I don't think any of them rose to that level, but there were some incredible team goals. Yeah, I mean Christians just because the moment was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't know. That's the first one that sticks out in my mind just because of the moment and everything that was kind of going on there. Yeah, there were a couple there were a couple really good goals that I thought the granite Jaka one, I just love those always rising shots from distance. But the one to me that I thought was the best was Rodri's goal. Kind of the ball comes out to him outside the 18 yard bo- box. He chests it down and then just pumps it into the upper left hand corner. Uh, beautiful, beautiful goal. Um, we've already talked about Pulisic celebration, but I wanted to talk about a celebration fail. <laughs> Did you see Tavares's <laughs> yes. failed knee slide? So bad. It was great. He ends up like toppling over and rolling. (laughs) Totally. When I saw you put that in the notes, I looked it up. And before I saw the video, I saw a still. And the still looked even worse than the video. They Uh caught it at the moment that his knees were fully planted (laughs) in the ground. And his head, like he had whiplash. Like his head went straight back. And you don't fully see that when you see it at full speed. Like it happens pretty fast. Then he rolls, there's celebration. (laughs) But like. To see that that freeze of like his knees in the ground and his head straight back looked painful. Yeah, dude, that's brutal. These guys are world class, like world world class athletes, right? Yes. Like, yes, it's amazing. I mean, obviously they're not perfect, but it's amazing when world class athletes stick their knees in the turf. Totally. We'll lock it in review. Um, Tim maybe leaving the door open. I mean, there's not many weeks left. It's t- Tim's almost got the got the title wrapped up, but little slip up. He took Brighton over Southie this oh. weekend. Didn't uh, learn less than the week before. I know, isn't that it's two weeks in a row that I picked against uh, Southie? Yeah. They finish in a 2-2 draw. Uh, That drops Tim to 22-11. and 
I took Chelsea over West Ham. Thanks to Christian Pulisic last minute winner. Uh, that moves me to 19 and 14, three games out with five match weeks to go. It does not look good for me. Uh, Chris took Liverpool over Everton, which is a great pick that moves him to 17 and 15, still in striking distance of me. So we too have a, have a title race and a race for second of sorts, but, um, that leaves you, Chris, still with the number one pick. And who are you taking? Whoever's playing <laughs> Manchester United. You tried to take oh Chelsea goodness. midweek, and I said you couldn't because it was a, a makeup match. And I, <laughs> and I said, if you really want to root against United, you can take Brentford. And you did. What I happened to feel... riding the city bus, man? Uh, you know... It is what it is. My bus car got revoked, so I'm just <laughs> wallowing in my sorrows. Um, I, yeah, no, I'm taking Brentford over United because Brentford's playing good and United's not playing good at all. So, um, yeah, and they're super injured. Didn't really talk about that earlier. Um, a lot of injuries going on there. The, the squads that they're running out right now are pretty bad. Like Juan Mata, who I love, love the classicness of Juan Mata, he's getting uh, some, some playing time this <laughs> recently. Like, that's not a good thing um, because I love him, but he should be coaching. He should not be playing. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's just the, the, they're so disjointed. They're so injured. This team is trash right now. So, Well, that selection really hurts my chances of uh, – contending for the title because i was hoping you would take liverpool or city but you did not because the other matches would have been much harder to choose from so that left me with liverpool or city i took city uh over leeds and chris or that tim who did you take so i i'm going with liverpool over saudi arabia's public investment fund in the form of newcastle I don't feel entirely great about this pick because it's Newcastle at is Park, right. Is it at St. James? You know, I'm not sure. Oh, they it both is. are. I think yeah. both. Yeah. Yep, at St. James cities at Leeds and which is, which is really why I stayed away from those games guys. Yeah. These teams I, on the road. It's tough to win in those environments. And they've, they are feeling so good about themselves. And like Newcastle has Newcastle's not playing in Europe next year. But they are on such a – they're just free. They're free to, like, try to make a statement, right? So um, – but as I said, Liverpool's got to win out, and that's that's their job. And so it'll really hurt if if picking Liverpool against Newcastle results in, in uh, losing this week's lock. But I just had to go with it. Got to choose. Got to ride the city bus. I mean, Liverpool bus. The Liverpool, Liverpool city. city bus. The tube. <laughs> Liverpool tube. The Liverpool tube. For match of the week, we have some midweek magic. UCL semifinals. Liverpool and City still in it. Hopefully, with a destiny of facing one another in the Champions League final, which would be a great way to finish this epic season. Uh, City plays Madrid. Liverpool plays Villarreal. I didn't see where those matches are. Do you have an idea? So it's at 
the City City Madrid match is at City, and Liverpool Villarreal is at Liverpool. Okay. And then the and then next leg next week is in Spain. Got it. All right. So we've got that uh, this week, midweek, tomorrow, I think, for at least one of those matches. Tomorrow is City and and Wednesday Liverpool. Liverpool Great. So those will be must watch. And then over the weekend, um, or actually, I guess Thursday, we have United versus Chelsea, which I don't know what to make of that. I'll tell you what to make of that. Three points for Chelsea. (laughs) I still think it's a a match worth watching. Oh, I'll watch it. I never said don't watch it, or I won't watch it, or I won't see it. I'll be sitting at my desk crying and – thinking of the better days of last year yeah last year this time things looked a lot better for united but hey we got a manager and you have a manager the other the other match i think that will be interesting this weekend is west ham versus arsenal um i honestly don't know what to make of any of these matches for for these clubs (laughs) wolves host bright or i think wolves host brighton Yes, uh, this weekend they do. So, uh, but honestly, guys, I don't know. I don't know. Here's what's gonna happen: West Ham beats Arsenal, Leicester's beating Tottenham, Wolves beat Brighton, and uh, United's gonna beat Brentford. And those middle four, five, six, seven, eight are gonna be even tighter. Just even tighter. Mm. Well, I you hope you here first. Put some money on it, guys. I'm never wrong until I'm wrong. <laughs> Well, I hope Wolves get those three points because it might be the last three points of the season. (laughs) Any final thoughts for you, gentlemen? I got nothing. I got nothing. Living in this uh, haze of depression is not very fun. So this season needs to end, and we need to get some good signings to United so I can be happy again. You have good signings. They just don't like each other. Oh, yeah. You need a good strategy. There you go. And then some appropriate signs. Wolves and United have like the opposite situations. (laughs) Wolves have like a good manager who's got a system he wants to implement. He just doesn't have the players to do it. United has all the players, but no system or strategy. So, but they also have players who have no desire to do anything that they don't want to do. So at least the Wolves guys are trying. Like they're trying to implement the system. The United players are like, in theory, fuck off. <laughs> How do you say that in, in, in Dutch? I don't know. I'll have to look it up. All right. Well, gentlemen, with that, Putin out. Putin out. Until next time. Adios. Adios.